Game, a podcast dedicated to the Premier League, the A-League and more. Today on our post-Christmas pod, Sydney and Liverpool firmly atop the tree as their main rivals take some time off over the holidays. The VAR gifts Blackwood the same goal twice, so he re-gifts one. Meanwhile, Al-Hassan Toure, Ziegler and German all get each other handbags for Christmas. And like me on Christmas Day, City get halfway through and go, you know what, fuck it, I'm done. I'm Colby, and today we've got an unnaturally bigger lineup for you um, on the pod. Um, we've got uh, one man who always has his arms far away from his body. Uh, it's the large silhouette of Andy. Welcome back, mate. <laughs> um, thank you. Good to be back, Colby. Uh, and we've also got George back in the country um, and hosting us at the Baldwin Resort. How are you, mate? Good to be back, boys. Uh, yeah, very good. Enjoying the sun and uh, the banter. And we've also got Jesse uh, back with us today as well, uh, back from a couple of trips to the G and to the beach, mate. Uh, you, you're back from uh, the Kiwis just hanging in there, but it wasn't to be today. Just, you know, absolutely battling, uh, just like the, the Kiwi battlers we are. And um, yeah, rest in peace. And boys, uh, let's let's get straight into it. A uh, lot to get through on the pod today with uh, two match days of the Premier League pretty much to cover, as well as, um, as, well as a lot of A-League chat. Uh, let's get started with moments of the week. Might go to you first, Jesse. Yeah, I'm going to go. My, my moment of the week is going to be uh, Jordan Ayew um, just uh, dazzling through the uh, Crystal Palace defence early in the week. I mean, there's been so much football that it's easy to forget. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I think that that was one of the, the goals of the week for me. And uh, the fact that he just dropped the shoulder of his last opponent and uh, was cool enough to finish it afterwards as well. So very impressed. Some uh, excellent, excellent commentary on that one as well. It was uh, like he was making a run at the more than a game intro. Uh, <laughs> what he's danced through it in a really silky and uh, very natural way. The roulette, uh, he did everything. <laughs> excellent. Uh, Andy, what about you, mate? Uh, moment of the week? Yeah, I've got uh, well two really. I'm going to put them together, and it's the uh, the Moy and Troy show. Uh, Aaron Moy, obviously uh, a cracking goal for Huddersfield, and uh, Troy Deeney back on the park. My boy. Uh, two big goals for Watford and, uh, yeah, a resurgent Watford. Andy, uh, I've got, got a few notes on Moy's goal here because that's also my moment of the week so we can, we can have a joint one here. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Bergkamp-esque, I, I would say, uh, that, that uh, chest control and finish. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree? Yep, yep. Big <laughs> and please, it's your moment of the week. Put some respect on his name. <laughs> Uh, he, and he's put in, he's put in a, a Moin of the Match uh, performance <laughs> with 70, 77 touches, five chances created and 11 crosses. Thank you very much. Uh, but uh, listener HSN wants to know, boys, uh, with the form Moyes in, do you see any interest in him in January? I think he's uh, – there may be some interest, but I think, uh, you know, he'll be smart just to stay where he is. He's doing so well where he is. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, uh, the Huddersfield manager Danny Cowley uh, said there will be conversations uh, in the in the off season, um, and that Moy's form plus his longer term deal um, at Huddersfield means that Huddersfield are likely to get a decent fee from him. So he's all but said that there will definitely be conversations at least with Brighton, but you'd think that there might be other other suitors for him as well. Well, he's definitely not staying at uh, Huddersfield because they can't afford his wages, so it's definitely off. Uh, most likely, I think Brighton. 
So what? What's the movie? Is it another loan or is it? Um, no, no, they buy him. They buy him. They buy him. Uh, and George, what about you, mate? Moment of the week? Yeah. So um, I, I caught this. I caught this one on my uh, on my way back to Australia. Actually, it sort of came out uh, a week a week or so ago, and um, it's uh, to do with the uh, Luis Figo and Pep Guardiola guys. I don't know whether you saw this, but. Um, Luis Figo had to come out and deny uh, a romantic relationship that he had with uh, Pep Guardiola at Barcelona. So, direct quote from Luis Figo. Um, so, uh, he, he said, we were nothing more than good friends and I like women. So, he, he put the kibosh on that straight away. But uh, I just thought it, it was interesting that it had to happen. It had to come out and, um, yeah, I thought I'd, I'd bring it to everyone's attention. <laughs> good Good to know. Um, one thing I will say, given the um, amount of time we spend together, George, I've had to make that same statement a couple of times. <laughs> I was going to say this is a spicier moment of the week than some of the uh, herbs and spices you put on the lamb barbecue earlier, George, and that was an, a, a delicious barbecue, my ad. This is the first I've heard of this uh, this this Luis Vigo thing, and it's it's really it's really shook me. It's yeah, really well, shook me. He said it. He said it. He's denied it, and it was an urban myth. So, and this this goes back to the days they were together at Barcelona. So it was a while ago. You know, things got a bit crazy in the early nineties, maybe. But um, there you go. And uh, <laughs> he brings a new meaning to ticky tacker. But uh, back to you, cops. Just to just to swift <laughs> swiftly move on, listeners. We we are as we mentioned at the top coming to you from uh, George's parents' place uh, out at, out at Ball, and um, he's hosting us at the resort today. There's there's been some there's been some pool. There's been uh, a bit of a barbecue that George has put on, and we're we're currently recording from the pool deck. So you know if you hear any if you hear any outside noises, you, you know where that's coming from. Uh, Jesse, uh, what about an own goal for you this week, mate? Uh, it would have to be uh, Benjamin Mendy just getting absolutely monstered by Traore, um, Mr. Biceps himself. Um, to, to get a, a closer look at these uh, monstrous things, I'd hand this over to Andy and uh, just your assessment of the situation. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Jesse, for bringing that up so early in the pod and and putting and putting me in a feral mood for the rest of the <laughs> evening. Uh, yeah, really, really disappointing for Mendy of all people to get bumped off the ball and the rest of your teams left their guts on the pitch for the last 80 minutes. But um, maybe we'll talk about that more around that later. <laughs> good, good. Uh, boys, I uh, don't spend too much time on it, that's all. Um. My uh, moment of the week this week goes to the Chinese Super League. Uh, and clubs, they're going to put a salary cap in the Chinese Super League now. So clubs won't be permitted to spend more than 1.1 billion yuan uh, on their operations throughout the upcoming campaign with salaries not to exceed 60% of that amount. So they're doing it really tough Colby, can you can we get a currency conversion for <laughs> Wan to Australian dollars? Look, I know after Durga's uh, <laughs> currency conversion chat on the uh, on the pod about the uh, Qatari um, the <laughs> currency to Australian dollar Col- uh, at the price of a Big Mac, cost of a Big Mac. <laughs> <laughs> currency chat, despite this currency chat, is not going to be an ongoing segment on the pod uh, at us listeners. If that's a problem. Uh, um, so clubs clubs are basically going to have a forty nine thousand. Uh, pound a week wage uh, cap for foreign players. <laughs> Do we need to convert that to We're AUD? not converting it. We're not converting it. Um, basically, though, what I will say is that uh, it, it prices out a lot of the big foreign players like Oscar Holt, Graziano Pelle, Fellaini, Teixeira, Carrasco. Um, all of those players are going to be caught up by that cap. Um, and so we have a question, another question from listener HSN. Uh, is the Chinese league salary cap introduction a good thing for league clubs 
to try for A League clubs to try and secure marquees, or do you think the Chinese Super League not being able to afford European level players will mean they'll look more at A League level talents? Boys, do you think that this is going to have an impact on the A League? Oh, I think it's a great thing for David Beckham's into Miami, uh, which will probably be the biggest beneficiary of this. Not a bad shout, Jesse. Yeah, uh, I don't think the the A League is going to be picking up the the the, the difference in the one point one uh, million yuan. I think we're at one point. <laughs> Like, I mean, you don't even have, you don't have to do a salary cap conversion to say that 1.1 million yuan and one million dollars or whatever the Australian salary cap is. There's a, there's still a bit of a difference. There's still a bit of a gap. So uh, no, I don't I don't think we're going to be getting any of the spillover in, into the A League, unfortunately for us. Uh, and Andy, what about uh, own goal from you, mate? Uh, own goal for me this week has to be Mikel Antonio's snowman crash. For anyone that hasn't seen this, it it was relatively unreported for a little while, but. Today, I, I think more of the stories have sort of come out, but basically Christmas Day, Mikel Antonio was dressed as a snowman and crashed his, I think it was a Lamborghini, into someone's house. Front, <laughs> front, front, front porch window. So. Yeah. Uh, sorry, you know, poor, poor form, not exactly the kind of present people like delivered um, and not the, you know, not the kind of defence he should be trying to break down. Uh, one thing, he was heard on the phone uh, calling someone and he was quite upset because he... You know, he kept saying, uh, stop telling me I'm stupid. Why aren't you asking if I'm okay? I am okay, by the way, but why aren't you asking if I'm okay? Um, yeah. Was he speaking to the manager at the time? <laughs> Ex-manager. Ex-manager, yeah. Now ex-manager. And I suppose we should use this point in the podcast to, to say that, uh, yes, um, as, of, as of this morning, Australian time, um, Pellegrini's uh, been sacked from the West Ham job. This was news to me as about 10 minutes ago before Andy and George raised it before the start of the pod. I completely missed this today. Uh, so, boys, what, what do you make of the, the Pellegrini sacking? Well, he's a, he's a, a great manager, but things obviously weren't working. Um, I'm a little bit scathing of the West Ham team. I think there's uh, some serious issues there, and we talked about clearing the deadwood uh, last or recently. I think there's a second round or maybe even the third round to fix that squad. Surely Pellegrini's not part of the Deadwood, though. I wouldn't have thought. Like he's he's done a good job in reforming that squad and 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 got them got them playing decent football. They were unlucky with the Fabianski injury, and um, yeah, I, I think he's probably a bit hard done by. Yeah, not certainly not part of the Deadwood. I mean, might look like he's very close to dead for the last ten <laughs> years, but uh, no, Pellegrini is he's a great manager, a title winning manager, um, and the best one Western have had for quite some time. So, a bit disappointing from them. I kind of wonder where they'll go next because they've give it Moisey for the season <laughs> I don't know if only if only we had a West Ham fan on the pod to tell us who they'd like to see next but um yeah maybe maybe Tommy can send us a question or something <laughs> send us a listener question are there any ex-West Ham players who can take over as, as is the vogue these days uh, good former manager uh, former player to step into the manager role uh yeah who, who would you want as a former West Ham player maybe Patrice it is he I love this game <laughs> Boys, all right, let's get on some listener questions before we get into uh, the uh, bulk of the podcast. Um, the Ladies League want to know whether I'll get my hair cut like Stefan Morks. Uh, and Andy and George, for, for those of you who haven't been in the country and seen the haircut, he, he's, he's, bring, he's trying to bring back the uh, the undercut. Or n- it's sort of like the bowl cut. Is it like the Grealish undercut? Or is oh, no, it's it's much worse than the Grealish undercut. It's it's just like a straight-up bowl cut. Oh, like the, the barber's like just... Mushroom. The bowl, it's a mushroom Mr. cut. Mr Bean bowl on the head. Yeah. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I basically, uh, I basically answered this one on Twitter by saying, you know, it, it, the, the GoFundMe for that would have to be bigger than an Israel Folau, uh <laughs> law 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 case uh, fund. So it, it'd have to be a lot of lot of money. 
Colby was very quick to get the fire extinguisher out for this one. I, I put a, I put cold water all over that one. Um, and uh, listener uh, Ivan Strong wants to know uh, how toxic will soccer Twitter become if Graham Arnold doesn't qualify the Ollie Roos for the 2020 Olympics? George, uh, seeing as Andy Andy doesn't know who the Ollie Roos are and and Jesse's a Kiwi, I think I think you got to feel this one, mate. I think the obvious one is it would become very toxic. But um, <laughs> Colby, I, I believe you you were across uh, where they're at in their qualification. Uh, they're, they're they're doing pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 that's a recent good results against uh, the Cambodia under twenty threes and the uh, Chinese Taipei or Taiwan under twenty threes. Some six nil thrashings, but then had a bit of a tougher result against uh, the South Korea under twenty twenty under twenty threes, drawing two two. Um, so, look, their qualification campaign looks to be not too bad at this point. But look, soccer Twitter being soccer Twitter, uh, we'd be outraged if we didn't qualify again. We haven't we haven't qualified for the past couple of cycles. For all so. you for all your listeners out there, find yourself a man who can multitask. <laughs> uh, get yourself a man who can do both. Um, yeah, look, soccer Twitter would be uh, would be pretty livid if if they didn't qualify. But look, it wouldn't be a surprise. We haven't qualified in like a number of cycles, so like let's not get our hopes up. Um, and look, finally, just before, got a, got a couple of questions for you boys as well. Um, just just in the in the Christmas, New Year, holiday, weird gap in between uh, going back to work spirits. Um, what which player, manager, or team um, this year are, are you re-gifting? Um, I am absolutely re-gifting Bournemouth and West Ham. Who at the start of the season I gassed up, particularly Bournemouth. I thought, you know, this was again another. This was the, the year they were going to you know, push on and, and you know, even look at it like top ten, maybe even a top eight. But uh, they've been pretty disappointing. Um, West Ham, well, where do we start? Uh, again, another team that we expected a bit more from by now. And now with this Pellegrini decision, yeah, I'm not happy with them. Someone else take them off my hands, please. Yeah, West Ham, and we'll, we'll talk about them later, Andy. But they—they, they, I mean, they—they they could be in relegation trouble this season. So they're certainly not out of the woods yet. They're going to have to get, uh, you know, they're going to have to think very carefully about their next managerial appointment if they want to avoid relegation. I, I also on the West Ham uh, theme, I, I had Haller, uh, Sebastian Haller, just who, just uh, yeah, the, the 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 big signing West Ham had put, put their hopes in, and he, he's looking more like an Andy Carroll than. Uh, then a, a top line striker is gonna who's gonna carry them into the top top six. So, regifting him, uh, take that, Tommy. Uh, Jesse, what about you, mate? I'm a bit torn here. I think I, I was pretty confident with Villa, and uh, I'm probably gonna toss them back at the stage because they are cascading down the table, um, and uh, I'm a little bit worried for them at this point. Uh, yeah, I think they're in they're in some serious trouble, particularly with the injury to John McGinn as well. I think that's 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 a huge blow. For me, uh, it's Mares, um, not not for his dive against Wolves, but for wearing gloves with short sleeves. Uh, and boys, who, who's who's worth reheating? Um, who who are you who are you down on, or who who have you been a little bit surprised by? Player, manager, team? Who who's back on the boil for you? I've got to I've got to say, and I've got to put my hand up here, but uh, Steve Bruce, like an amazing job at Newcastle. I mean, not much money. Not much fanfare that they weren't happy with his appointment, or they John were just Joe Shelby, John Joe Shelby scoring crackers, <laughs> Andy Carroll back on the park, Christmas Carroll. <laughs> and didn't he? He won, like I was reading a stat about Andy Carroll overnight, and he's won like the most amount of knockdowns or something like that in in the Premier League, or some some ridiculous stat. Playing to his strengths. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's he's doing a few things right, Steve. Bruce. Almiron scored. I mean, it's it's. 
It's all turning around. I for still them. haven't read his his um, detective novels, but I mean they're a thing. Uh, Jesse, what about you? Who who are you reheating, mate? It's hard to ignore the uh, resurgence over at the uh, at the Hornets. Um, I think it's it's uh, amazing what a new manager bounce can do. Well, you know, we're yet to be seen if it's actually going to uh, stay and they can actually continue this run of form. But uh, it's a new, new, new manager bounce. New, 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 new manager bounce. But um, you know, uh, for for now, they look like they're reheading. And you know, be, we we were talking about it being a miracle if they were going to stay up uh, a few weeks ago. So they look like they're on the right track for that. Uh, for me, guys, it's going to have to be uh, Carlo Ancelotti's Everton. Uh, what a again. Great surgeons after one game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but look at the way they're played and look who's back, you know, who's Keane's back on the pitch. So, yeah, I'm, I'm reheating my um, early gassing of Everton. Yeah, I'll, I'll jump on board that too. Um, yes. Yeah, I predicted yes. him to come fourth. Let the record, or, or in the top six or something like that. Let the record show. I didn't mind Duncan Fergalotti while he was there for a while. <laughs> <laughs> he did a good job in his stead. I'm gonna I'm gonna go to the A League with my uh, for, with my reheating, um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna reheat Luke Devere uh, for the for the Wellington Phoenix. Um, uh, yeah. Can you look at Jesse's face? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he looks so surprised. This is this is this is tickled Jesse. Yeah. He's he's really enjoying this. Just happy to be here. Uh, look, uh, you know, as a as a Raw fan, seeing Devere in and out of the team with injury, um, uh, after all those years, having having such a tough run, to see him come back and not only play like string together, I think he's played like every every minute of every game this season for the Knicks. Um, he's just done such a great job too. He looks like he's really loving his time there. He, he did a number on Borussia um, in their game this weekend against Western United. Uh, yeah, he's, he's almost scored a goal the other day against a victory. He came with a crossbar. He's making a nuisance of himself. Um, Clearly, Steve Taylor and the um, the Wellington nightlife is really t- uh, Stevie <laughs> uh, Long, Stevie Longpins Taylor's just taking a lot of work off the lot of work off the ball. Let's put it that way. <laughs> oh, all right, boys, let's get into round twelve of the A League. Corner routine and Metcalf opens the scoring for Melbourne City. Hand delivers, Glover comes, brings it down. Oh, what a clearance. Delbridge still alive here. Oh, it's in, and they equalise with 10 men. Just minutes after Ryan Grant was sent off, Adam LaFondra thumps home his 12th of the season. Too easy the way they've worked this. Barbarousas to win it! Celebration from Steve Corica. He knows this is massive. Sydney FC go nine points clear at the top of the A-League ladder. It is a win full of substance and character. All right, boys. Uh, and in tonight's top of the table A-League clash, Sydney came back after a Ryan Grant red card early in the game um, and a goal down to win by two goals to one. Uh, boys, is this the uh, biggest shitting of the bed you've seen in quite a while in football? I like that you said in football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. I, uh, <laughs> there was some big talk. Contrary um, to how you're sounding right now, Jesse, you did actually, we all just watched this game right now, listeners, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> just, just a little bit uh, disturbed to what I just heard. But, um, <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I, I have to say, I mean, <clears throat> we'll, we'll hear from George shortly, um, but the... Uh, the George um, is furiously <laughs> shaking his head right now. 
they the best looking man in the A League uh, put the finish away at the end. I was gonna I was gonna bring that up, Jesse, and I'm glad you raised it. Uh, it was uh, it was a very good looking finish from Costa Barbarossa's. Uh, and uh, put some respect on the best-looking man in the A-League's name. But if Costa Barbarossa isn't the best-looking man in the A-League, uh, please en- enlighten us. Who, who is? Well, I, I, I think, uh, you know, why not just re- reply to a question with a question and put it, oh. and, and say, you know, what do you guys think, listeners? Um, oh. You know, put it out to the, on a Twitter poll and, 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 you know, see if there's anyone else that could uh, pop up and uh, usurp him. And in George, just looking, just completely <laughs> stunned. Just watch, watching the, the next biggest passing of the buck after the Oli Roos question. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, and boys, thought, thoughts on the uh, Ryan Grant red um, because that did shape the game very early. Um, a couple of uh, two studs up challenges um, on uh, Melbourne City player. Pretty fair red there. It was reviewed by VAR and, and subsequently sent off. I don't think um, they could have any complaints. No, I, I couldn't tell which challenge it was for because they were both sort of mirror images of each, of each other. So you might have got one one yellow for one and one for the other, but it was obviously a straight red. But um, Cumulative uh, stupidity, I think. Just, just uh, hard to argue with that decision. And um, after this capitulation by Melbourne City, who should have been in a commanding position, Jesse, uh, are the Knicks the only team who can challenge City uh, when it comes to finals? Come up with the uh, come up with the Knicks, and um, you know it's going to be an interesting uh, watch in the next couple of months to see if um, if Sydney can uh, continue this way and if City's form. Uh, they're going to have to turn it around real quick because there's a few teams that are log um, jammed in the middle there. And the Knicks is one of them. And their form run is, I think, only second to Sydney. Moving on to uh, Adelaide and Western Sydney. Um, a pressure-relieving win for Western Sydney over Adelaide in, in pretty controversial circumstances with a 96-minute VAR intervention, awarding a penalty to Adelaide uh, for a handball off Georgeski's elbow, um, which would have cost the Wanderers the game were it not for uh, Blazing Blackwood uh, just putting it over the bar. Um, and this was the second of two pens that Chris Beath awarded for um, after overturning his on-field decisions or indecisions. Um, and then almost as controversially as the VAR decisions, Beath got on camera after the game and basically explained his his thinking. Um, boys, what do you make of a, a ref getting on camera after the game and explaining the reasons for their VAR and on-field decisions? Uh, it sounds like an, a recipe for disaster uh, for me. Um, Sometimes you make the wrong decision and it would be better if you were just forgotten and you know, blend into the distance or into the changing room. So, uh, Yeah, I, I'd concur with that. George, anything <laughs> from you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you, you, you just can't explain certain things. So, it's, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to know how the, the magic happens. So uh, it's just embarrassing. For, for, but it, good on him for, for trying to explain it away and... It's probably not done in European football that the the actual referee comes out after the game and tries to sort of discuss with the media, and it, it it's it's just fraught fraught with you know uh, people commenting on it like us and and making fun of him. So I, I just don't think it's a good idea. I think this one actually got a lot of attention, um, particularly like outside of Australia, um, and I'm always surprised at stuff like this when like people outside of Australia like comment on the A-League and I like check who they are on Twitter and that, yeah, well, they're not an overseas Aussie. I'm like, why, why are you watching the A-League? But they, they you know, this, this got a lot of um, positive attention. People were very um, positive that, that he came out and, you know, at least sort of removed the guessing from all of this. And, and I actually think the decisions that VAR overturned, I think they were the right calls. The first one was pretty 
clear. Well, yeah, um, he said that 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 decision was made by VAR and not him. So yeah, well, the VAR alerted him to some contact that he didn't see, and he said, "Oh, okay." Took a look at it, and yep, penalty, and that's actually the right decision. The second one was a little bit more muddy. Um, there was a handball. Uh, the elbow sort of just came away from the body a little bit, and and that was a little bit more murky. But for me, that's a that's a pen, and and that was that was the right decision as well. But I think. Um, the fact that he came out, the, the, as Andy said, I think maybe you can set a dangerous precedent, but I think in this case it, it worked really well. And as far as people just clarifying um, how things work, um, I just want to you know throw a little shout out to you, uh, Colps, just for showing me um, <laughs> while you were speaking into, spe- speaking into the mic exactly what part of the elbow uh, was hit. It was more of a more of a visual cue for the for the host's benefit. <laughs> Boys, uh, the, the, the Snake Derby, part two of the Snake Derby, um, the Western United and Wellington Phoenix was this weekend. Phoenix took all three points uh, in a dominant display in Ballarat as Wolfhawk Tales, Knicks, now seven games undefeated. Jesse, uh, is this Wellington team better than the one we saw last year, coach, by Rodan? Absolutely. Yep. They've got way more, uh, way more to them and a little bit of ticker. Um, which I quite like. Davalinho uh, is really carving up for them, and it's great to see. And uh, also, uh, you've got big, um, uh, big Danny Ball up the front, and and and, and uh, let's let's not mention uh, old hoops when he comes on as well. Uh, and we've got a question uh, from listener Camilo Zanoli. <laughs> um, Western United have been found out. <laughs> Uh, he says, don't at me about missed chances and dominating games. Last time I checked, scoring is pretty important in football. I'll take that as a comment, but it's it's pretty good to see the uh, the woo chasing a game for once and not just sort of going up by, by a goal and, and locking it down. Do you, do you think they've been found out, Jesse? Yeah, I think uh, Mark Wudan um, got, found <laughs> out, got found out managerially um, speaking. I think he just, you know... Uh, I agree with the comment. I think um, the Knicks were just more clinical um, or too clinical for the Woo. And the Woo, you know, who are a bit of a smash and grab team, couldn't uh, couldn't take any opportunities. And uh, the Wellington fans turned out to this one in, in pretty good numbers. Um, Jesse, did they make the right call um, going out to Ballarat instead of to the G to watch the Kiwis in the cricket? <laughs> I, um, I, uh, yeah, I think probably, to be honest, um, I think going up to the Rat would probably be a better, better call than... Uh, then I go into the last day of the cricket. Although um, a great turnout of fans there, might I add, for all those Kiwi listeners. And boys, um, there was one other on-field incident that I just wanted to get your uh, views on. Um, Skatardis for the uh, for Western United looked like he he should have and could have been hooked before half time. Um, there was a bit of a rugby tackle he put on David Ball. What did you make of what did you make of that challenge uh, that he didn't receive a yellow for, or it was barely barely caught as a foul? Do you think you should be directing this to UFC fighter Andy Cornos? I'm looking at I'm looking at Andy for for a comment. He's he's, he's giving me nothing. I'm trying to remember if I saw this highlight or not. <laughs> <laughs> this one didn't make it over to the UK, unfortunately. Listeners, we've been catching we've been catching Andy and George up on uh, all things A League today, um, and uh, yeah, there, there's just just so much to to get their heads around. So I'm so I'm still blown away by Tara's blazer. Uh, that that's sort of. Uh, front of my mind. It was very crisp and uh, fresh summer blazer that we, crisp that we saw today. Crisp baby blazer and wow. Um, and rounding out uh, this week's fixtures so far, it was the wooden spoon six-pointer uh, between Newcastle and Brisbane Royal, which saw Dimi Petrados's first half goal cancelled out by a late Brad Inman strike. Uh, top fan Shannon wants to know uh, who would be a better manager for Brisbane Royal, Robbie Fowler or a piece of used gum <laughs> under the table? <laughs> 
I saw, I saw somebody um, saying that, uh, I, I can't remember where I saw this, but they were saying that they, uh, Robbie Fowler was getting annoyed uh, about removing the, uh, the little, uh, around, you know, around the box where the manager has to stand, how it's got the little fence line, and they're saying that he's feeling claustrophobic. That was why he moved it. He's like, but he'd still build a townhouse on it. <laughs> <laughs> I quite appreciated that. Uh, and, and helpfully, uh, Shannon's given us the answer to his question, which of course is, one's absolutely incapable of managing a football club and the other's gum. Uh, <laughs> um, some silver linings in this game. Um, Jamie Young was um, looked to be, to be back to his best. Uh, Young Maratovic uh, got his debut uh, and Bobby Burns for Newcastle got his starting debut. Um, and looking ahead uh, to the last game of the round, we've got Central Coast Mariners hosting Perth for the New Year's Eve fixture. Boys, are we all going to be glued to this one at uh, our New Year's Eve get-together? Andy or George, yes or no? Colby, as the host of the New Year's Eve get-together, um, this one probably sits with you. I'm more concerned with the playlist for the evening. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. Yeah, well, look, there's a, there's a couple of Spotify playlists going around. Jesse's given us some suggestions. So My vote is Diamante's. <laughs> we're, we're just going to basically put Diamante's state of mind on, on repeat. Just, just, on, just cycle it the whole night, I think. Uh, and let's move on now to <laughs> match day 19 and 20 of the Premier League. Sterling's little feather touch looking for Bernardo Silva. It's trial Time to uh, take a touch. Oh, he's lost possession. Traore, Jimenez, 2-2. And so preventable for Manchester City. Doherty taking it on, adjusting his feet and scoring for Wolves. 2-0 down against the champions. Have they gone and won it? And potentially won the title for Liverpool. All right, boys, and, and back to some football that Andy and George can comment on. <laughs> We've got uh, Manchester City. Uh, look, the title race looks to be uh, well and truly over now as uh, City dropped points to Wolves uh, in last week's Premier League uh, match day. Andy, um, there, there have been injuries at Manchester City. Pep's come out and said, he, he look, he looks like the challenge is over for him. He looks to have given up. Um, Arteta's been allowed to go to a rival... Um, What's what's going on at City? For me, the wheels have wheels have fallen off, and it's it's been pretty disappointing to watch. Actually, I think all City fans can do is sort of hope that the Champions League might deliver um, uh, some more enjoyment. Because yeah, as far as I'm concerned, the title race is over. Uh, disappointing game, not in the sense that City actually played quite well, considering they went down uh, to ten men uh, with, and of all people, their goalkeeper going off, which means Kuhn has to go off. Uh, so then, and then you have you know the hologram of Claudio Bravo in goals, uh, and then at, uh, notwithstanding any of that, they end up going up two 0 So then to lose this game uh, is just quite disappointing, really. Um, there's not much more you can say. I mean, look, um, the, the you've <laughs> actually run out of things to say. <laughs> so the wheels have fallen off uh, that that comment for you, Andy. <laughs> <laughs> Much, much like the season, that, that comment has come to an abrupt end. It's really just, um, it's really just petered out. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the, the thing that really stood out to me in that game, Andy, was, uh, was Raheem Sterling um, 
missing two pens and then tapping but into an empty net and, and then celebrating still, to still the getting flag. A, and yet still getting a goal yeah no and um, then celebrating to the corner flag yeah, like he'd well, scored in a world cup did anyone see pep's reaction after the second miss he just sort of looked at his assistant and just grabbed his head and just couldn't believe it two, two times well one thing's for sure there's been no love lost between um guardiola and portugal i mean obviously early on you've got the figo comments and um, <laughs> then we move on to, um, well, which is essentially a Portugal B-side in, in the Wolves. So um, I, I think credit to Wolves, uh, an incredibly late rally. I mean, they probably should have um, scored a little earlier, but uh, they, they left it late. And City, I mean, after that uh, Benjamin Mendy uh, brain explosion, they looked, they looked like a beaten team, which is really worrying um, for them. Yeah, to, to come back in the Wolves style with a late a late response. Um, look, let's not take anything away from Wolves. They are a good team. They've saved their best for the best teams uh, this year. They obviously they're outstanding when they beat City in the uh, in the earlier fixture in the year. Um, so not you know not a bad thing to lose to them with ten men late on. But the problem and the comment that I'll make about City for this season is last year they would have won that game. Um, the way they played last year, even ten men down, if they were up two 0 you would think. City will see this out and that's par for the course for an exceptional team. But this season, uh, they've just been far too fragile, both physically in defence and um, mentally, I, I, I think. I think this team needs a, a bit of a rebuild and a bit of time off now. And they, and they just can't handle Adama Traore. He's done it to them twice now. Speaking of physicality, yeah. uh, and you, you did mention, Andy, that Wolves have done the, done the league double over, over City um, this year, um, they're the first team to do uh, do the league double, or the sorry, they're the second team to do the league double over Pep's Manchester City. Do you know who the first one was? Jesse, go on. I'm going to say George's Chelsea. No, it's Liverpool, isn't it? No, yeah, it was. It was uh, it was Chelsea, uh, coached by Conte in 1617. So, uh, yeah, well well done to Nuno. He's uh, he's got the he's got the recipe for, for beating Pep. Um, and City will now play Sheffield United tomorrow morning and. Um, much like the entire A-League segment of this podcast, uh, this question was actually intended for uh, Damo uh, and or Tommy. But, uh, boys, uh, perfect time for Sheffield to be playing City tomorrow morning? Yeah, battle for the top four, isn't it, now? Well, I think Sheffield are, Sheffield are sitting eight. But, yeah, if, if certain results can go their way, they can they can certainly climb back up. But, uh, look, pretty, pretty good time for these, these guys to be playing each other, I would have thought, uh, especially from Sheffield's perspective, when they see this fixture at the start of the season, they would have been pretty worried. But now I think they'll be feeling a lot different going into this one. And from a City perspective, the game following that is, of course, Carlos Everton. So another team in four. After how, one match. how did you describe uh, Carlo Ancelotti before we started recording the pod, Andy? As a warrior of the light. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, read into that what you will, listeners, because uh, we don't quite know. And just for that, <laughs> just just for that game tomorrow, I mean, uh, who's going to be playing the more pep system, um, City or Sheffield United? Oh, that's <laughs> right, it's the Guardiola Chris, a master versus apprentice, uh, Guardiola and Wilder, both both playing the same brand of football. Uh, okay, boys, uh, and now moving to uh well staying with uh the, the the title race uh liverpool have won five consecutive boxing day matches uh, and leicester meanwhile uh haven't had a top eight finish since they won the league um but after being within a sniff of the title race and then drubbed by city and now liverpool leicester might be feeling a bit disappointed to miss out on the top two um boys leicester also did it rough against uh west ham uh, have they gone off the boil now I think it's always important for, for people to be able to do it rough. Um, <laughs> you know, 
as long as it's consensual. But um, the uh, the key thing with uh, the key thing with uh, Lester is that you know they first you've you've commented on the blazer, and now this Jesse, would you just get your blazer. fucking mind out of the gutter? Figo, now oh. this. <laughs> I can't claim to bring in Figo into this, but but um, what I will say is you, you have you have players like Vardy who have finally rested. Um, Gray has to step up to the plate, and 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 you know whether whether it was a pretty win or not, they they got the job done, and um, they also saw their end of Pellegrini. So uh, I, I'd say you know kudos to to Leicester for actually backing up after two pretty big blows to their um. I, I wouldn't say title ambitions, but more just their their confidence. They've lost a bit of confidence. But guys, like realistically, Leicester are not the second best team in the league. I think they're just no. so you know they, they've got beaten by Liverpool and they've got beaten by City, and they're they're in that sort of other group, and and sort of that's where they're that's where they're at. So I'm not surprised. My uh, you know one takeaway from this was just how, and I wish Tommy was here to answer this one because I'm it concerns his boy, but. Um, where sort of James Madison was in this game and this move of putting him out on the right because I didn't see much of him and, you know, kind of want to wonder what it was that um, Ben Chilwell did to upset Brendan Rodgers so much because by putting Madison out there, there's basically a, 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 a giant highway in front of him and for the last two weeks he had, you know, first uh, it was Sterling running at him and then this week obviously, um, you know, that, that Liverpool left side and, and Trent Alexander-Arnold making life horrible for him, so, yeah. Yeah, it was ominous signs for Leicester in the first couple of minutes when Trent found the ball with about, you know, 30 yards of space around him and just pinged a shot um, within the first couple of minutes. It was a, a sign that Madison wasn't going to be able to track back. We could call it the Madison Avenue in front of Ben <laughs> 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 Don't mind that from you, Andy. <laughs> uh, and, and Jesse... W- we're about to get on to that, but yeah, thought, thoughts on Liverpool's performance. Um, obviously, uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold had a night to remember. A lot of performances this season which haven't been pretty and have been last-minute goals and incomplete performances, but um, getting it done. But this was this was actually a really complete performance by Liverpool for once. They they probably deserved more goals before half-time, um, but they, it was important that they, they got them in the second half. And to, to win 4-0 away at Leicester, it's, it's not an easy place to, to play. And... Um, I agree with uh, George's comments earlier. Like, I mean, Leicester are probably in that group um, beneath City and, and Liverpool at the moment, but um, still to win there is not easy. So 4-0 was a really, really good result. Well, you, you guys are Liverpool fans. Is this their best performance for the year? I think it's the best game I've watched Liverpool. And as Jesse said, the most complete performance because they had plenty of wins that, well, even the reverse fixture where they didn't look like they should have got a point from that. They dominated but didn't look like winning it and ended up winning it. Um, they've done that so many times this year, but this time they ran the game start to finish. Obviously, Trent, you know, has, has received the plaudits he deserves. It was an, a real outstanding game from him. Um, I thought Naby Keita actually was awesome as well. Um, anyone else stand up for you guys? Yeah, Trent, uh, Naby Keita, uh, Bobby Firmino actually um, started producing as well, and now he's got three goals in in three games, all competitions. Obviously, he scored a couple of goals at the um, Club World Cup. Um, so yeah, maybe opposition not quite up to the standard of Leicester, but good to see him um, getting some, uh, you know, getting some uh, returns for his efforts. Um, you know, he's one of, we we know he's one of the unsung heroes of that Liverpool side, and um, yeah, he put away a good, good um, couple of goals in in this game. And I would just say uh, to add to that is, is Gomez. Um, he's got so much pace that um, he's not a right back. He's been put a right back a lot, but when he's playing centre back, he actually makes Van Dijk look good because he's he can tidy up the. Uh, 
the fast um, strikers and he, he took care of Vardy. Yeah, and, and Gomez, uh, like it was looking like um, when he put that run of um, uh, appearances together, he was looking like he was going to be the, the the partner for Van Dijk before he got injured. So, yeah, good to see him get another get another shot at that and, and maybe he, he still will be the long-term uh, centre-back partner to, to Van Dijk. So who, who is the – I mean, you got Champions League – say Champions League final, like who do you slot in right now with Van Dijk? It would have to be Gomez because um, Matt uh, was playing really, really well before he got injured. But um, he's been out for so long that he just you'd have to give him some time to come back to that form. So I would say Gomez would be a shoe, and even over Lovren. One other comment I'd make on this one is just that it was the first time in a while I think I've seen Liverpool play with both fullbacks high up the pitch. It seems like a lot of this season it's been all down Trent's wing. And early on, I think uh, in some of those sort of scares that they had, Robertson got caught out, and um, teams were like tr- running at Robertson and trying to get in behind him. Whereas uh, this was a game against you know, another another informed team, bar the you know, City result, uh, who play well against teams that play high up the pitch, but Liverpool went for it. And um, I thought it was, yeah, that that's, must be encouraging for you guys to see as, um, as Liverpool fans. All right, and we will, um, uh, you know, we will get on now, George, to uh, to Chelsea. A bit of bit of Chelsea corner since we've got you here in the flesh. Um, we haven't had you on the pod in a while. Um, you, you've been having a bit of, of a snooze back there this afternoon, this evening. <laughs> <laughs> Just through the first couple of segments, oh. Colby. <laughs> uh, look, despite uh, getting the wood over ex-manager Mourinho's Spurs. Um, Chelsea then go and lose to Southampton. Is that um, is that uh, the sign of just Chelsea's season, or uh, yeah, how are they going, George? Um, they, I mean, the the it was interesting that Lampard sort of went back to the old Conte system against Mourinho, and, and it worked a, a treat. But I, I think I think the problem with Chelsea is obviously inconsistency, but it, it's the home form. So I don't have the stats in front of me, but uh, they they've really really struggled at home. Uh, uh, for most of the season, even even on the first game of the season, and the the problem really is um, teams sitting back and and just exposing them on the counter attack because Chelsea's defense is 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 not good and it, and it's it's obvious it's so obvious that uh, you know um, on the counter attack again at home when they've got the ball and they're they're pushing against other teams um, they they any time they lose the ball from a corner or just an attack they're they're open. They're they're open for um, conceding a goal, and and it's happened so many times. And and away from home, you know, sometimes the onus isn't on them to to uh, possess the ball so much, and they um they're able to hit teams on the counter attack. But the, the the main issue is the defense, and and obviously the home form has been so bad because you know the onus is on them to possess the ball and attack, and and they're exposed um through counter attacks, and, and it keeps happening. And and Southampton with the the you know the the latest example of a team to do it, and then I think I think if you have a look at how many goals Chelsea have conceded uh, in the Premier League, I think they're you know down right at the right at the top of that list for most goals conceded. So I think I think it shouldn't be a huge surprise given the the the, the form line um, throughout the whole season. Just a quick comment on that. I mean the defence. Um is always uh, a worry when you when you're trying to gel as a team. One of the things I noticed, and I, I said a, a week or two ago, that the Pulisic and um, Mount and a few of those players uh, look like they're sort of getting in each other's way a little bit and that seems to be indicative of the system changing uh, week to week. Um, and in one case, I think it was a, it may have been, he may have been rested, but Pulisic was actually on the bench recently um, because he didn't fit into the system that they were playing. Um, against Spurs, against Spurs he, didn't, he didn't play. So 
I think the, the, the my concern for Chelsea at this stage would be that you know your defense you can be working on your defense, but you've got to get the goals to protect your your back four. Um, and 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 what do you think they need to do to sort of fix that issue with these players like Pulisic and Mount because they are really really good players, but they just seem to need to get a system that works for them. It also comes down to taking your chances as well. So like Chelsea have missed a lot of chances. They they they're creating a lot, but they don't take you know every single chance and. And it comes back to haunt them because obviously the they've got the defensive frailties. So, you know, if if that if that if they're if they're not two nil up, then they're a chance to to sort of go one you know cop a goal and then cop another one. So uh, that's been that's been a problem. And Lampard sort of said we've got to take our chances when we're on top because they have big periods in games where where they dominate teams, but you know they might score one or they might not score, and and then you know, it's, it's caused trouble later on. So I, I don't think it's a, an issue about the system per se. I think it's an issue about taking chances when you're on top of teams and, and you can kill games off and they've really, really struggled to kill games off. Like even, even you know, 1-0 one, one is, is, is not good and 2-0 has been an issue as well. Um, so that, I think that's been, a, that's been an issue as well. George, is there a January fix on the market? Is there someone uh, that that could come in into that team that might be able to sort of help uh, get the fluidity back in in that attack? I mean, I, I don't. I, I know obviously Hudson Odoi has had one of the most sort of the worst injuries that you can get as a young player, and and he's looked sort of short on confidence. Like uh, obviously Giroud is on the way out, and uh, Bashuai doesn't seem to have the have the goods. Is is there someone out there? You know, now that the transfer ban's been lifted. Well, no, I think they've they've the all the rumors are about a, a second a backup striker and Jaden Sancho. So I think they they want a guy to rep, we we haven't replaced Hazard's goals and he won us so many games. So another tricky pacey guy up front. <laughs> just what Chelsea <laughs> just that, added in, added to the list and a bit of variety. But um, no, I think Lampard's targeted. Well, the the rumors have been Chilwell um, as as a left back, but I don't think that would solve all our problems. So. Tricky pacey guy up front and a full back when uh, what you need is good centre backs. Yeah. <laughs> no, well, yeah, that's sounds that's, like the City transfer policy and the Arsenal transfer <laughs> policy. Yeah. I think, yeah, no, it's true, but the, it just all the noise is coming out. It's like out the FIFA career mode transfer policy. Exactly. It's like, well, look, I need, I know I need a centre back, but ooh, that pacey winger <laughs> could really get me some goals. Ba- a backup striker to kill off games. So I, I think, I think that's what Lampard's saying, and that's all the noises out, out of Stamford Bridge. Like they need a guy to back up Tammy Abraham. So um, I think that's where they're going. Timo Werner has been mentioned, and. Um, you know, I think someone of that ilk might might help kill games off, so we don't have to defend uh, as as much. You know, if we're two three nil up, then it might be a little bit easier. What about a certain uh, star playing in the Austrian league at the moment? Is anyone? Haaland. Who? <laughs> <laughs> more than a games. Uh, <laughs> more than a games. Haaland. Uh, George, would you would you have him at Chelsea? I would, but I, d- I don't think I, th- I don't think he's he's the guy that they're after. I think they're looking for a, a more established striker. Get him in before Brexit. Get him in before Brexit. I'm more worried about me going back before <laughs> <Yeah>. Brexit. Worry <laughs> 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 about yourselves. Yeah, have you have you fun in London before Brexit, boys? Um, all right, down the other end of the table now. Um, more than games, Watford, uh, the darlings of the pod. We never, we never stopped thinking about them. We never rejected them. Um, they've now moved up to 19th on 16 points after sealing a massive three points uh, at home to fellow, gage, fellow relegation scrappers Villa. Um, and this came after a good point away in the previous week uh, to Sheffield. Um, boys, could Watford actually stay up? 
Yes, I am keeping the faith, especially in the Watford midfield, all of whom are my boys, along with Troy Deeney. Oh. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, I, I think I, I don't ever think that. I mean, I don't ever feel like they've played terribly this season. They've lost a lot of games, and I know that's counterintuitive, but I've always felt like they were one or two results away from turning a corner, and, and this could be it. Dale Lefeu's XG, it's off the charts. It's out of keeping with his goal return. <laughs> Dale Lefeu's XG, uh, but look, again, quick shout out for my other guy, uh, Etienne Kapoue and oh, Decore. Oh, and Decore, no, who just do a lot of work. And um, yeah, no, I, I, I think Watford got the goods. I think they stay up. Do you think um, Mariapa left the stove on at home? He just decided he wanted to get the fuck out of there really fast. <laughs> <laughs> It was the 57th minute. He was already on a yellow and he basically uh, monstered the guy. There's been few um, examples of someone wanting to get out of something so quickly <laughs> than, uh, than that, yeah. It was like when we asked George the question about the Ollie Roos. Look, Watford have um, their next couple of fixtures. They've got Wolves at home. They've got Bournemouth away. Then Spurs at home. Then they're um, back at Villa um, and Everton at home. So couple of good results there. A couple of crucial games. Obviously, Villa, fellow relegation battlers. Um, Bournemouth could get drawn into a relegation battle. And I guess that leads on to um, my other question about this is, if Watford do manage to escape, then then who goes down in their place? I think the team they just beat 3-0. I think... Um, uh, so you've got Villa and Norwich that are probably already down. So yeah. other than those two oh, guys, right, okay. who, would, who would go down? So you've got you've got Bournemouth and West Ham who are down there. Southampton aren't far away either. Even uh, even the likes of Brighton, I think um, aren't far away. I think Bournemouth's in massive trouble. Um, yeah, I wouldn't have said Bournemouth at the start of the season, but like they're pretty injury riddled, and 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 unless they get all their key guys back, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, yeah, I think Bournemouth and I think Brighton have steadied the ship a little bit, and with Moy pulling the strings, it looks like they've got the goods. Southampton look improved, but. I, yeah, again, in- inconsistent. So I, I don't know really. But West Ham. Yeah, the, the elephant in the room. Um, the elephant you know. not in the room. <laughs> oh, <laughs> was, he's had a big Christmas, but that's a bit harsh. The man's, the man's been camping, George. Leave him alone. He's not even here to defend himself. Poor, poor Tommy. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, all right, well, we might, we might call it call it quits there, boys, before, uh, before this... Uh, goes any further <laughs> uh thanks again for listening everybody uh don't forget to subscribe actually subscribe to the podcast on uh, apple podcasts spotify or wherever you get your podcasts uh you can also leave us a voicemail on anchor at any time and and please do it please be the first ones to leave us a voicemail on anchor <laughs> anchor.fm slash more than a game slash message uh, or uh, slide into our emails at mtagpodcast at gmail.com. Who knew we had an email? Uh, more Than A Game is also on Twitter and Facebook. Find us at More Than A Game Podcast on Facebook or at MTAG Podcast on Twitter. Next week, uh, match day 21 of the Premier League and round 13 of the A League. In the meantime, enjoy the football. Mm-hmm.